inventing anything, writing anything, creating anything new always creates the need to dance in the discomfort zone. And today we are dancing with Rachel McKee. She has created this incredible Oracle deck with an Oracle deck, it's just a deck of cards with each card having a different woman, she calls them badass world-changing women from history, who can give you inspiration to be your best self as you go off into the world. She's got a Kickstarter and in this episode, she tells us all about creation from the idea and the question that sparked this idea to where she is right now in the middle of the Kickstarter as of March of 2022 and what might be coming next. So uh, exciting, inspiring, go get it done despite the odds kind of spirit here on Dancing in the Discomfort Zone podcast. I'm Ann Bonnie, and I'm thrilled to bring you this episode. Enjoy. All right, we are Dancing in the Discomfort Zone with Rachel McKee from Denver. Rachel, how are you? Doing well, how about you? Great. You are a writer and a creator. You're releasing your first writing project, which is what we're here to talk about today. Tell me about your project. Yeah, it's um, it's been a long time coming. A few years ago, I had the idea to make um, like a deck of cards that features modern and really powerful world-changing women, and then a book that matches the cards. So the idea is that you could pull a card and then you'd open to a page in the book, and there's a quote by the woman, um, uh, like an inspirational passage, an alternate meaning, and then one whole page is dedicated to their history, so you can learn about their life. Um, so yeah, I've been like I said, I started thinking about it a few years ago, and it's now just as of a week ago getting into the world. Right, and you started it with a Kickstarter instead of producing them and selling them. Yeah, yeah, all exactly. right, exactly. So I launched it on Kickstarter, like I said, one week ago today. Um, and that there's like the story of making the project and all of that. And then there's the story of doing a Kickstarter. And it has been like, I, I, I say this about um, to kind of give people like a comparison that I had the same experience when I got a puppy. Like I knew the puppy was gonna be a ton of work, but it was like way more work than I even thought. And I thought I was so prepared, but it was still so much like that feels like the Kickstarter. I was like, okay, I'm ready for this Kickstarter. I know it's going to be a bunch of work. I'm going to have to dedicate this much time and blah, blah, blah. And it was just so much more than I even anticipated. Well, and I'm not going to spoil the ending yet. We'll get to that in just a yeah. second, or at least the current state of affairs. Yeah. Um, but how did you come up with this idea? It's, I mean, it's cool because I was watching your little commercial that you have on the Kickstarter. And it's like, look at these every morning to say, what do I need? What guidance do I need? What strength do I need from some of these amazing women? So how'd you come up with this idea? Um, you know, I think around five or six years ago, I, I was taking some women's yoga classes and there was a class where the teacher asked all of us how we felt about being a woman and what we thought of women in general. And I realized that I hadn't consciously ever thought about this question. Like I, I was kind of flabbergasted that I hadn't thought about it and how much the question landed, um, as so novel to me. So at that point, I think it began to open me up to how I felt. Like I, pay, I started paying a lot of attention to how I felt around different women and what my favorite qualities were of myself that were more like feminine women related qualities. And so I think that was phase one of the beginning of this project. And then 
a few years ago, I feel like everywhere I went, there was a tarot deck, an oracle deck, like the coffee shop, the, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I just pulled out mine. <laughs> um, you know, a friend's house and I got a couple as a gift and I really, I really enjoyed the experience of them, you know, like kind of slowing down and pulling a card and seeing what came up. And I had some that represented elements of nature and a few other things. Um, and I just had a, one of those like clear aha moments that was like, how impactful would this be for me if I pulled this and this was a woman that I knew her story or I could relate to. So mm -hmm. that was the whole genesis of the project. Now, I think that there's maybe some like uh, magical places that ideas come from too. So I don't, I don't feel like I can ever take full credit for anything that I think of, um, but that's the like more literal answer for that question. Right. Yeah. And, and there's 44 women and I'm looking at your website messages from her.com uh, and Frank, Aretha Franklin, Beyonce, Malala, uh, Georgia O'Keefe. I mean, there's amazing women. Was it hard to find 44 or was it harder to narrow down to 44? It was definitely harder to narrow down than to find. I have this massive list and I like I have a spreadsheet going of all of these amazing women that I'd love to do volume two and volume three because I mean, these are the women that have most directly inspired my life with my upbringing, my, you know, like where I'm from, my age. But the more you dig into researching about some of these women, it kind of just opens the floodgates for learning about other women. Um, we have an extra guest on our yeah. podcast today. <laughs> is that a female dog or a male dog? Guy. It's a guy. guy. It's a guy. He's like, I went in on this action. <laughs> he went in on everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, narrowing things down to 44 women is, feels almost impossible. I mean, I, I still have like remorse for the women I didn't include. I still sit around thinking, wait, should I swap a couple of those women out for a couple of these women that people don't know as much? But ultimately I decided that going with a wide range of a lot of well-known women might bring people into the project that wouldn't normally be interested in like women's history or celebrating women. Like you might be a Dolly Parton fan and you might buy the whole thing just because you're a Dolly Parton fan. And then you're going to learn about all these other people. Yeah. Well, that's me. I, she's one of my favorites for sure. Um, oh, it just felt like a good number. You know, sometimes you can't use a logical part of your brain for making some of these decisions. It's like, oh, that feels right. I'm just going to go with that and not over when you save a lot of time, when you just make a decision like that too, you're like, okay, it doesn't really matter that much. Pick a number. Yeah, true. <laughs> I like true. that rather than spending a lot of time agonizing over every little detail. Oh, and there were plenty of other details to agonize <laughs> over. So I, that, that could not be something that I gave that much headspace to. Yeah, right. So let's talk about that part. Cause you know, I, I, we talk about dancing in the discomfort zone and narrowing it down, having the idea, and then deciding to make the idea something that you can hold in your hand is dancing, but then actually making it happen is a whole nother piece of the pie. So talk a little bit about that process. Yeah. I think that each part of the process has come with a different um, edge for me. You know, I think when I, when I was thinking about the idea and then decided to really go through with it, there's just like a kind of normal kind of doubt, like, oh, should I really follow through with this? It didn't actually feel like that specific, you know, yeah. but then when I sat down to start doing research, researching and doing the writing, 
I bumped up against the classic, like, am I going to write this well enough? Am I, because my training is not in writing. I'm more trained in like art and design and business, which is, I know a weird combo, but um, I had been like writing personally to me was fundamental to how I live my life and how I process and how I get in touch with myself. And I wrote poetry, but that's very different than researching and writing. And so I got very nervous about just grammar in the beginning. If I was the person that was going to write it well enough. And if people would read it and be like, oh my gosh, what is this woman doing? You know, she shouldn't <laughs> be doing this. So, um, and I think for me, writing is a very kind of like, it feels very like fluid expression. I'm not filtering what I'm doing when I'm writing. Like if I'm doing it efficiently and I'm writing what feels true for, for my train of thought or what I'm trying to get across, it's not super precise. So I just had to let go of it. And I found a friend who had done editing in the past. And I was like, I'm just going to write this however it comes out. And I'm going to let her edit it and let her critique me and just get it in, get it, it like make it correct in that way, which it still felt uncomfortable showing her my work that I knew was in some ways going to be kind of messy. Um, so, so anyways, I could ramble on about the parts <laughs> of the process, but it's just been interesting to me to look back over the whole process and see myself kind of bumping up against discomfort the entire time, but in so many different ways. And I like the way you described that of, of finding those edges and, and each edge to step beyond took a level of vulnerability, right? Took a risk. Oh gosh. Yes. Yes. And I think now, now feels like the biggest one of those. I think the rest of them, I was kind of stepping outside of my comfort zone, but relatively in private. Now mm -hmm. I'm stepping outside of my comfort zone. Like I took a two-year social media break. I'm on social media every day now, making things and talking to people and doing Instagram lives and like getting on podcasts. Like this is just not how I've, it is so the opposite of the whole creative process that has been so private and internal. It's like things got flipped from one side to the other very quickly. And that was literally two weeks from when this podcast is launching on the 7th in celebration of International Women's Day. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So literally the last two weeks have been like oh, crazy. Yeah. Like a switch <laughs> flipped full, yeah. full blown for me. How, um, how were you feeling on the night of the 6th? You know, I surprisingly got into a weirdly like calm place about it where I was like, I've done everything I can and I have to just let myself relax. <laughs> like I'm not going to even be able to sustain this tomorrow if I don't just like start to let go. And that's one thing that I've noticed about myself is when I'm stepping outside of my comfort zone, it's like, there's a big oscillation. I'm like, oh my God, this is too much. And then I'm like, okay, I've got it. Oh, this is too much. Okay. I've got it. Well, did I get everything done? I've got to let it go. You know, it just like, it's, it's almost, it feels a little manic, which <laughs> it can be hard to sustain. Um, so yeah, it's been messy. I, I don't know what else to say besides that. Well, and I think anytime we are expected not to be messy is when we really get thrown off because it, life is and achievement is and, you know, any kind of getting off the porch or the comfort zone is going to be, going to be messy. Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, historically in my life, I've been a pretty like, more quiet, introverted person. So whenever I, you know, but there are things that I really care about and I want to bring them into the world. So I end up kind of giving myself a swift kick out of the, my normal way of operating to, to jump into something that I really care about. And I, I mean, when I look back 
over my life, I kind of think like, oh, I need to find more gradual ways of doing this to myself. <laughs> like somehow every time I do it, I go from like zero to a hundred really quick. I'm like, huh, that's interesting. That seems like I'm, I'm being a little hard on myself there. So I'll talk to you in a few years and see if I've learned that lesson, but it doesn't seem like I have so far. Right. Well, it's that moment when you fall off the cliff and you're like, dang it, I did it again. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I should have given myself probably like four months to prepare the Kickstarter. And I, I think I gave myself a month and a half. I mean, I didn't know what I didn't know, but yeah. just to all of you, if anyone's listening and ever thinking about doing a Kickstarter, just double the time you think everything is going to take. Yeah. And, and, you know, though, there is something to be said for setting a goal and saying, here we go, let's make it happen. Cause you did make it happen. Yeah. And, uh, and it is happening and, and it's exciting. Yeah. So if you're comfortable sharing it, what's, would you say in the process of conception to right now, what do you say is your biggest freak out when you were like in the middle of the discomfort zone and wanted to go running, screaming back to the life before you ever thought this was a good idea? Mm. Um, I think like the first, I, I mm. Yeah, there was a point where I just felt really burned out last week, actually, where oh, I had been working. Week. Yeah, last week. <laughs> last week. I was, I've been working like literally like 14 hour days to be able to complete and manage a Kickstarter and then not let my regular business kind of just completely fall away. Yeah. So I was working multiple days that long. I hadn't, I haven't taken a day off in two months since I started working on the Kickstarter. And then I was doing two podcasts and three, two Instagram lives in one day. And I just hit this wall of just like, incredible burnout and I I was like I just cannot do this and I had this this such a strong urge to just like go my partner and I recently moved to Denver from Boulder um and I had the like in my body I just had this calling to like go back to our house in Boulder curl up in like this bedroom in the basement which is it's rented like we're not living there anymore right but it was like I I have never felt so um like every fiber in my being wanted to literally go backwards, like backwards six months ago, backwards to a different lifestyle than we had before we moved here. Cause we've been doing all kinds of changes um, that that was the intention with moving as well. And it was, it was so interesting to like feel it in my body like that. Cause I think normally for me, it would be more like mind chatter, like, Oh, I don't know. If, like I need a break or I don't know if I can do this or this, you know? So yeah, it was, it was really wild to just watch that. My, my grandmother tells a story about the similar feeling as she was being wheeled into the uh, delivery room with my father, but that's a totally different story. It's like, come back, go back. I don't want to do this anymore. And, and you're literally giving birth to this thing last week. So what did you do? How did you get beyond that? Um, I mean, I think I just curled in bed and had to cry for a few minutes and was like, okay, like, I don't have the time to humor this. You know, like I'm doing something else. Like I hear you, like I care about you. I don't want you to feel like I'm minimizing you, you know, to that part of me that is, was obviously feeling really intense. Right. But I was like, but this is where we are right now. And we've got to keep going a little further. And I rearranged something then in my schedule for Saturday. So I had a few hours to just like look forward to that we're open to get to, to kind of communicate. Like it's coming, it's a few days away. We're going to take a little break and then we'll regroup. Love it. Love it. So, I mean, you actually did quite a few things. You took a a little break. You acknowledged those feelings by allowing them to come out. 
-hmm. remembered your why probably, mm -hmm. and then simplified something so that, that you could have like, have a breathe, minute. breathe, have a breather. Breathe, breathe. Like, yeah. Breathe. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I love it. Yeah. I mean, I always think people completely underestimate a good cry. <laughs> I'm like, I'm one of those people that for years of my life, I was like, I didn't cry. And then some, I went through a number of classes and growing or whatever. And then I became a person that can cry a little more easily. And when I have a good cry, it's like, I'm a new woman. I'm like a million years in a different place and feeling and it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a huge piece of dealing with challenges and frustrations is feeling the feelings for a sec. You're not gonna wallow there. You're not still crying there. You picked yourself up, pulled on your pants, and said, "Let's go." After you had that minute, though, I love that. Yeah, nice. All right, well, let's move on. To, I just checked, and this is uh, March fifteenth that we're recording this, so the numbers are probably a little higher by the time the podcast launches. But I just looked at the Kickstarter. Your goal was set to raise $7,000 to launch the project. Yeah. Uh, at the time I looked, you were at 11,600. So congratulations on the success of your rushed Kickstarter. How did that <laughs> feel as you were watching that whole thing? Oh, you know, it's been really sweet. It's been sweet seeing like my friends and family show up. And then it's been sweet seeing people that I don't even know being really excited to come on and help fund the first print run. So that's what the money goes towards. You know, I... Again, I mentioned that doing the whole, like the whole process for me was such an internal kind of private process, just me doing it um, for the most part. And so I wanted to kind of bring it out into the world and let people that love it and love me actually bring it to life, you know? So it's been sweet watching people get on and have their experience with it. And I'm honestly just really excited to get it into people's hands because it's one thing to look at something like that through a computer, through a phone. But when you get like, like I designed the box with this magnetic closure and then you, and then the book is nested. It's a full hardcover book nested inside of the box. And then the cards are in this velvety bag. So it's like an entire collector's edition kind of set. Um, and I wanted it to be designed in a way that it really was as special and like as the women that are in it, you know? So I'm most excited to get it into people's hands and let them hopefully have the same experience that I've had with it, which is it's just made me feel so much happier to be a woman and so much more capable as a woman learning about the lives of these other women. Well, and I love that question that launched this whole thing is how do you feel about being a woman? I've never thought of that before. Yeah. And I'm gonna tomorrow morning in my journaling, that's what I'm going on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and one of the other things I really liked in your commercial was that somebody was sharing it with a young woman, with a young girl. And so I, I'm going to go and buy the twofer and get some for my nieces, my teenage nieces. I think this is just such a great way for them to discover all these amazing strong women as well. Yeah, I agree. I think you can use it differently depending on what age you are. Like the, the young girl, her name is Vienne, that we did the video with. She's a friend's daughter. And she just like grabbed the cards and was, yeah, exactly, seven. Um, she was like spreading all of them out of the table at the same time. And just like, oh, I know this one. And I know this one. And who's this? And I like her dress. And, you know, it felt very like just a game she was making up. And then I think if you're a little bit older than that, then you end up really enjoying the process of pulling a card and reading the information about the women. So I see it kind of like, you know, you could have one in your house and you could have a couple women of different ages and they can use it differently, but they can still walk away feeling more excited to be a woman because of it. Sure. Exactly. And empowered and, uh, and push, pulling, pushing our, our whole process forward. 
Um, so it would be easy to see this Kickstarter as the end, but clearly that's not the end. So what's, what happens now? <laughs> that's such a good question, isn't it? Well, there's finishing the Kickstarter. So, you know, obviously I'm so happy to make my goal, but I'm going to keep also promoting it and marketing it throughout the entire campaign. Cause again, I want everyone to have the experience that I've had with it. Um, and then it'll take a couple months to get the full production run. When it arrives, I'll send it to everyone that backed the campaign. Cause that's, you know, with Kickstarter, you back a campaign, but you get something in exchange. So I'll send those copies and then I'll probably start trying to get it into stores. Cause again, I think it's the kind of thing that when people see it in person, they can have a pretty like quick and strong attachment to having it. Um, and in the, you know, between now and when the inventory arrives, I'm still gonna be doing like marketing and social media and just bringing more and more people to the project, seeing where it goes. I think there's probably a lot that I don't, like I, I can't see the stairway in front of me with it really, which I think sometimes is good. I don't know. I think I would have been really nervous if I saw everything that was going to come with it in this stage even. So um, I'm really curious about like the connections I make and the people I meet through the process and how those open into something as well. You know, you never really know like what opportunity, no one looks back and like knew that their opportunity to do X, Y, and Z was what it was at the time that it happened. So yeah, I'm curious. Well, and I like that you're leaving yourself open to whatever's gonna happen, you know, and I, and trusting that something is going to happen because you've got such a neat project here at such a great time. I think this is a really good time for this as well. Yeah, I think so. Obviously I'm biased, <laughs> but I think so. it's the perfect time because I'm not doing it again. <laughs> you know, it's the kind of thing too. I mean, I've, I have, made the most amazing, perfectly planned plans in my life so many times that have never actually <laughs> panned out. So mm -hmm. I've learned at this point to like, just keep working on the thing that I feel called to work on as long as I feel called. And I don't know what the actual end result of that is going to be. So it feels like it would be a giant waste of time for me to be like, oh, I'm going to do this, then this, then this, then this. <laughs> because it's going to be like, nope, nope, nope. And nope, you're going to go in this way instead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so question for you, of these 44 women, of the ones that are still alive, mm -hmm. which one would you be the most excited if this deck fell into their hands and they called you and said, oh, I'm in your deck? Mm -hmm. I mean, any of them, that would be, yeah. that would be like next level, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think probably like if there was one that I could pick, it'd probably be Oprah. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. Oprah's had a lot of serious connections and she could share it with a ton of people and all of that. But, but any of them, I mean, I would be like starstruck and totally not even know how to speak properly if that was, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, this was that moment where I could be like, oh my God, my cousin works with Oprah. I'll send her, you know. But totally. I, yeah. That's not the case. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for, you know, being You're welcome. that if that was true. <laughs> my intentions are good. <laughs> exactly. So what have you learned in all of this dancing? I mean, you've been in the discomfort zone a lot, in and out and just like dancing around. What do you think you've learned and gained as just as a person, as a woman from being in this uncomfortable place and doing this thing and continuing to reach that edge and leap off the cliff? You know, 
I think every time you take a little bit of a step outside of your comfort zone, it just kind of pushes your your own ideas and beliefs about what you're capable of and what you can and can't do. So, you know, there's like, there's the, the actual, oh, this made me uncomfortable. And so I, and I did it and now I can do that thing. But to me, there's actually something bigger in like, I have the ability to step outside of my comfort zone. I have the ability to recreate my career, to try a new skill. And sure, it's not always graceful and, and, perfect, but like, I have the ability to keep stepping out of whatever my, however my life looks right now. And for me, it's important to remember that because I tend to change a lot over time. I tend to explore new things. And so learning that it's okay to do that and that I can is, I think, kind of fundamental from, for my personality and my life. Yeah. And I love that lesson. Cause I, I always say when I'm speaking that people underestimate their ability to figure things out. You know, like you said, I stepped off the porch of my comfort zone, decided I was going to do this project. I've been uncomfortable ever since and hit these edges and hit these edges and just kept going because you figure it out and it is messy. And, uh, and, and the more you realize that you can do that, the less you underestimate what you can do. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's kind of exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's still a lot more for me to learn in that. Like, like I mentioned earlier, I think I tend to kind of like go from zero to a hundred and not plan in enough like integration time. So I can sometimes feel pretty burned out in my, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I am growing on all levels. Like I'll pick five ways to grow and then I'll somehow they all pile up at the same time. And then I'm like, oh my God, this feels so hard. And I'm like, of course it does. You're not nourishing yourself in the way you need to, to be able to sustain this growth. So, um, you know, I think I, I, I actually, I think I have gotten better at that over the years, but this project just kind of, I had to just throw it all out the window and be really kind of like a little bit self-sacrificing to, to bring it, to bring it out, which is yeah. okay. Sometimes you got to sprint, you know? Yep. And, and this next question is kind of like asking somebody who is in labor when they're going to have the next child, but do you have any other projects or ideas that you're thinking of for, the long future after you take a very long vacation. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I always have ideas. <laughs> I think distilling ideas down into things that I want to turn into action is different. Um, I would love to do other volumes of this project. I think there are a lot of, like I said, I used a lot of really much more well-known women to attract more people into this whole, you know, the whole vibe and learning and of the project. Um, but there are a lot of women that have some crazy amazing stories that I'd like to keep telling. Um, and then on the other end of the spectrum, I have like this idea for another book about men and kind of the history of men and where men are in society now. And then I have another book about, um, I don't know if you've ever heard this, there's a story, well, it's, it's not a story, it's an actual thing that happened in history where um, all of the people that worked at the Louvre removed all of the art when the Nazis were coming in during World War II and hit it all over the countryside so they couldn't touch and take any of it and it's an amazing story that I'm like how is this not a movie this is everything I love and one thing it's like Paris and art and like you know outsmarting the Nazis like I just don't know how it's not a book and a like so anyways I've got other things in my brain <laughs> rattling yeah. around. oh that could be your screenplay totally yeah and <laughs> now I'm creating ideas for you great thank you <laughs> Well, this is just so exciting. And I'm going to put the link to the Kickstarter in the, how long is the Kickstarter going? Um, until April 7th. 
April 7th. Okay, so this will launch on the 21st. So if you want to go, the link is in the Kickstarter, but you can also go to messagesfromher.com. Learn more about the project. There's links to the Kickstarter on there. Anything else you'd like people to know about this project? Um, gosh, no, I think we've really covered it. Thank you. That's, that's awesome. So excited to be sharing this. I'm excited to get my deck. Do you, have you held this little baby in your hand yet? Oh yeah. I have two prototypes, just two. So I have the only two copies that exist, but they're like fully finished and it's, it's really fun there. I keep them in a certain like kind of open space in the house. And whenever anyone comes over it, they'll be like, what is that? Like if there's like a certain power to it that people are drawn to. So that's why I'm like, oh, I just am so ready to have it in other people's homes, you know? Yes. That's yes. a super exciting. All right. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for your time, for coming on, for sharing this project with us and uh, for sharing this with the world. Cause I think this is going to help women feel stronger if they aren't already about being women. Thank you so much. Well, and sure enough, right after I got off with Rachel, I went and ordered my first two from the Kickstarter. What a great gift that's going to be for my nieces to celebrate being women and some of the powerful women in history. And uh, I love an Oracle deck because, you know, you can just sort of pick a card. And if you believe in that sort of thing, the universe says, here's the card that you need. Or you could just read a few and get that inspiration as you move on with your day. So jump on that Kickstarter. It is live until April 7th. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that after the Kickstarter is done, you're going to be able to find some places to get the messages from her Oracle deck. So go check it out and think about how could you bring out inspiration in others through the actions that you're taking in the world? I know Rachel is taking some very decisive, very scary action, but she's going to inspire a lot of people with what she's doing. And sometimes it's a big thing that goes out into the world, and sometimes it's just holding the door and smiling at somebody in the grocery store. So be that person that makes the world the place that you want to be. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next week.